0: Heavenly Father, we just thank you. Lord, we just thank you to be able to be in your presence this morning. And even though the weather is bad, Lord, I'm just thankful for the ones that that show up here to be a part of this service, Lord. And Lord, it's just like every Sunday, but Lord, services like this, and we never forget them. When You speak to our hearts, wherever we're sitting or whatever we're doing, Lord, when You speak to us and Your presence surrounds us, Lord, we, we remember them moments. And Lord, You give us them moments of being surrounded in Your presence. When, Lord, when we're not here as a body, but when we're alone and maybe with our families, Lord, them times we can think back in Your Spirit. Lord, reveals to us that You never leave us, You never forsake us. And Lord, You're always standing there waiting with Your arms open wide. And Lord, that's my prayer for this church and this year, Lord, that Your presence will be stronger than ever. And Lord, to be able to do that, You're going to have to work with our hearts. Deal with our hearts. Deal with the issues in our hearts and our lives, Lord, and and Lord, let us be a church that people do not just drive by and see the sign and see pleasant hill, but Lord, when they drive by and see that name, they know that your name is attached to it. That your presence is there. And Lord, we'll give you all the praise today for everything. Lord, thank you for this worshiping spirit this morning. In Jesus' name. And everyone said Amen. Amen going to be preaching this morning on when the lion roars. And this is really, as I was studying this, it really fit pretty good with this weekend with the snow and the ice and everything that went on. But there's, a, there's an old story in the Old Testament, in First Chronicles. And probably many of y'all had not read hardly any about this story. It's about a man named Ben and I. And Ben and I chased and killed a lion on a snowy day. And whether you know it or not, we all have lines in our life, amen? We all have problems, amen? <laughs> we all have lines, we have problems, we have things in our lives. And, and listen, through the power of Jesus Christ, He wants us to be able to deal with them lines in our lives. He gives us so many promises this morning. That He's there with us, that He we can have confidence, that we can boldly approach. That He'll continually strengthen us. And if you're a child of God this morning... Uh, God gives us the strength to help us fight them lions. Amen? I put that all of us have a lion in our lives that is always stalking, trying to kill and devour. I should have put spiritual things in our lives. But he's always trying to devour things in our lives, and it doesn't matter how long you've been going to church. It doesn't matter how long you've been a child of God. If you're doing anything for Jesus Christ, trying to grow and see the Holy Spirit transform you, the devil is going to attack. Matter of fact, that's what the Bible calls him in First Peter five eight. It says Satan's like a roaring lion. Now it doesn't say he's running everywhere. It doesn't say he's fast, but he said he's walking. Look what it. Uh, I'll, I'll read that here in a minute when I get to that. But I want to look at Ben and I here. The son. He was Ben and I was a valiant warrior for King David. One of David's mighty thirty mighty men. David, listen. David had some mighty mighty men surrounding him, and we all need to be surrounded by some strong people. Amen. Yes. Because there's sometimes in our lives that we can't fight these lines on our own. That's why it's so important to have a church body. Yes. That's why, listen, that's why I never take away, I would never give up seeing people coming to the altars and praying on Sunday mornings during worship. I'm so glad we don't define coming to the altars at the end of invitation. But people have freedom to come to the altars and pray. And actually, truly, really, that's the way the church is set up. We've always given invitation at the end of the message and people come to the altars to pray. But really and truly... If we want to do church right, we need to be at the altars before church. Amen? Amen. Amen. So our hearts will be ready to receive what God wants to give us today. Because we all have problems, amen? They may not be big. You may be sitting back and saying, Brother George, I don't have a problem in my life. If you're doing anything for Jesus or trying to be obedient to Him, your line is purring, amen? You just don't know but He's coming. And Ben and I was a, was a great, great warrior. Man, some of these, y'all need to go and get your Old Testament books and just study up on some of these mighty men. There was one man that killed 800 Philistines with one sword, there was another man killed 1,000. One killed 300. Ben and I here killed a lion. I'm not talking about a house cat or a bobcat. I'm talking about a full-grown lion he killed in a pit. Just him and the lion in a pit on a snowy, cold day, he killed this lion. He also took and went face-to-face with a seven-and-a-half-foot Ethiopian warrior with nothing but a staff in his hand. And, and the Ethiopian, uh, the Egyptian, I'm sorry, Egyptian warrior had a giant spear in all of his war deal, he took that away, wrestled him and took it away from him and killed him on the spot. You say, well, why would all these men do this? Because they, they love King David. King David, they, you say, well, why would they be so uh, 30 valiant warriors? Why did they protect David so much? Because they knew that the hand of the Lord was upon David. Listen guys, there's something to come to church about, there's something to sing about, there's something to give your life to when you know the hand of the Lord is in the middle of it. Listen, I wouldn't be up here preaching every Sunday if I didn't think the hand of the Lord was right in the middle of this church. Yes, we all get down, and yes, we all get uh, attacked by that line and want to give up sometimes, and sometimes we do need rest. Amen? That's why I haven't, through these holidays, been pushing a lot of ministry and let's get this started and there's a time and a place for that. Even I myself have been sitting back during the holidays and I've just been resting. Because the church can't go 12 months, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, fighting lines without some rest. Amen? How many of y'all need your rest to fight lines? Now, I know how Baptists think, so when I say rest, I don't mean that Stay he's staying out of church. Right. No. <laughs> Give them an inch, they'll take a mile. Amen? I'm not saying, well, I'll just stay out of church three months and rest. No, listen, that verse in Isaiah says, Wait upon the Lord, and He shall renew your strength. You shall walk and then run and then fly with eagles. That doesn't mean sit out of church for three months. Amen. That means that you're in the middle, you're still in the middle of God's will, doing what God wants you to do, coming to church, reading your Bible, you're praying, but you're just waiting on the Lord to move. It doesn't mean I'm just sitting around, what are you doing? I'm not going nowhere, I'm waiting. We still live everyday life waiting on the Lord to move, amen? amen. I love this story about, this is, this is a, y'all probably had not read this much, but I love, ben I was the son of Jehoiada, the son of a valiant man from Kabazel who had done many, many deeds. He had killed two lion-like heroes from Moab. He also had gone down and killed a lion in the midst of a pit on a snowy day. And he killed an Egyptian, a man of great height, five cubits tall. In the Egyptian's hand, there was a spear like a weaver's beam. And he went down to him with a staff, he wrestled the spear out of the Egyptian's hand and killed him with his own spear. That's pretty tough. Took it out and killed him with his own spear. This says these things: I, the son of Jehoiada, did and won a name above the top three mighty men. David, David loved him so much he put him in the top three. Indeed, he was more honored than the thirty. But he did not attain the first three, and David appointed him, I love this, his bodyguard. (laughs) Now that guy right there, that is qualified to be a bodyguard, amen? Couldn't you imagine David going through the applications and saying, well, he killed a bear, he killed a snake, a rattlesnake. But then he comes across, I I went to uh, the University of Jerusalem, you know, I trained in bodyguard, theologian for years. You know, I trained with the armored chariots over in Egypt. You know, all that you've got to have a mind like me to preach this. Amen. Because I think this God's word is we think God, listen, the reason I preach the way I do is we think God's word's way out there and we can never attain it. That it's so high and and God is high and lofty and lifted up. But his word, listen, and his he is holy. But His Word is right here. So these people that I preach on every Sunday experience life and problems just like you and I. But they knew how to use God's Word to have victory. That's the difference. And so as he was going through there, he goes through this application. It says, killed a lion on a snowy day in a pit. He said, "I I need to talk to this guy. I mean, that's pretty good to kill a lion on a snowy day. Can you imagine Ben and I walking down through there? You know, and he's got his spear in his hand, and, and he looks around and he hears the snows falling around him, maybe sleeting, and it's cold on top of that, kind of like it is out here now. And he hears something just purring. He looks over there and there's a lion crouched down right to the right of him. As he fought the lion there for a little bit, the lion takes off. And as the lion is running, now, I don't know about y'all, but if I fought off a lion a little bit right here and said, Ha, ha, get out of here! And that kitty cat took off running, I'm going back and getting my vehicle. Amen? Or if I was in time I might get my chariot and I'd ride off. Amen? But he didn't. He stood there as the cat run off. And the Bible says that he chased... After the line. Went after the line. And as the lion was running, the lion didn't know, but as the ground was covered, I could just see that line going across there and boom, he falls in a pit. Now, to me, I'd have said that cat can starve to death. But now, Benedictine does something greater. He comes up to the pit. He jumps into the pit with the line and nothing but a sword. And he kills the lion in a pit on a snowy day. That's courage. And see, that's where we're at sometimes as children of God. That line, that line is our problem. That line is Satan. The Bible calls Satan as a lion roaring to and fro. Seeking, seeking, seeking whom he may devour. Just as that lion was seeking and crunched down, fixing to jump and pounce on Badiah, you said, Brother George, I, I'm ready for this week. I'm prayed up. Be ready, but there's something crouching in the bushes. Amen. Every week. Hey, y'all ever have that problem? Man, that dude wants to pounce out on me every week somewhere. There is a problem. There is something that, is, that comes up that is always there to attack. And I know what a lot of Christians say. They say, Brother George, I'm saved. I ought to have it just... Can it not be easy? You know, you're saved. You ought to be able to just walk through life. And God didn't save us. Listen, He never says nowhere in His Word after He saved us, and we accept Him as our Savior, that everything is going to be a bed of roses. Amen? Amen. If y'all are, y'all serving a different Jesus than I am. Because every day there's a line out there and it seems the more you want to be dedicated the more you want to do there's always another line coming and let me let me let me let you in a little secret <laughs> kill the line this week there's a bunch more where that one come from and here's what we get as christians we we win a battle and we relax wow i whooped that line that line wasn't much at all and we think that's the only line we're going to fight there's more lines coming Every level in our spiritual walk, when you start out as a child of God, you're a babe in Christ, you got little kittens. You got to fight. Amen? When you grow up and you become more mature, you get on this level in your spiritual walk, they're bobcats. But they're still cats. And there's still problems. You grow up, you even get up upon this level, you're really maturing in the Lord. You may be leading something or doing something, even in this church and ministry, and they're mountain lions. Then you might even be, hey, you could even come up as even as pastor. Well, Brother George, you're a pastor, lions don't bother you. i must smell like meow mix or something because they come all after me, amen? (laughs) They're still there. big lines when you're in leadership there's lines ready to attack you know why because when lines attack the leadership they can kill the church if they can get the leadership to be dead and do not care and not be on fire and not have show joy and faith and if they can do that to the leadership the church will die if he can do that to your family Mom and dad, if he can get you, he's got your family. See how it works? So he's always going to attack when you step up. And, and let's say you're not even in a leadership role in this church, but you step, we all step up in leadership spiritually in our hearts. Every Sunday, every time you say a prayer and you make a commitment, that means you're stepping up. Lord, I promise I will do this. Lord, I'm going to be better at this. Lord, forgive my sins and I'm going here. I'm going to do this. We all step up and there's lines always attacking. This church is going to have lines this year. We had lines last year and the year before. Cousins and cousins-in-laws. and Grandpa lines 10 years ago, but there's still lines. And there's always going to be lines out there. And I love what Ben. I love that verse. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a. It doesn't say a roaring bug, a roaring snake, a roaring lion. When your lion roars, it says he walks about seeking whom he may devour. Did I give you verse nine? Resist him. Now, see, we always read that verse, but here's the second half. Did y'all know that victory? is a choice. Victory is a choice. There's not a drug addict, alcoholic, any person that's addicted to anything that does not have the choice to be set free. A child of God had a choice to be set free. They once was walking in darkness. Peter says, you were once walking in darkness, but now you've been called into the marvelous light. There is a battle between light and dark in every one of our lives. Amen? How many of y'all believe that? Amen. Darkness is a place where lines are. Darkness is, I mean, how many of y'all has ever been in so, such a place that's so dark you couldn't see the hand in front of your face? That's why Jesus says, I am the light of the world. That's why, if we're not very careful in Matthew chapter 7, I hope I give you that one, Michelle. Matthew chapter 7 talks about the eye of the body. I give you the wrong one. We'll be to that one here in a minute. Let me see where I was at. I want to read that verse. Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Look at this. Did you know material things can become our lines? The stuff we have and accumulate is the lines that try to kill us. Amen. And look what... This is Jesus speaking here in Matthew. He says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now look at this. The lamp of the body is the eye. Even therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. Amen? When your mind is right, the eye is the mind. When your mind and heart is right, your body's going to walk in light. You can't have a mind walking in light and a body walking in darkness. They don't go because light and darkness can't cross. That's why. If and I started to do this today, turn these lights out real quick. I want to show you the difference in light and darkness. Of course, we got these here. It's not going to be. It's not real dark. I wanted to pitch back, but I can't. But it's still dark right here now. When Jesus, when Jesus comes in or when we win a victory, and Jesus Christ, is, it's getting pretty dark back here in that corner. Y'all are pretty dark back here. But when Jesus comes in and we're fighting a battle and a problem in our life, it feels like we're walking in darkness. Amen? Amen. Some of y'all, listen, I, I can tell because some of the darkness keeps people out of this church house. Amen. And we blame it on this person. Did you know gossip is darkness? Amen. Did you know whispers are darkness? Yes. Rumors are darkness? Yes, sir. Negativity is darkness? Yes, sir. Oh, we look at the big scene. That's all darkness. We don't look at it that way. But when my eye is full of light, my body is full of light. And so, when darkness falls, this is what Jesus tries to do. He tries to bring light into our problem, into our situation, into our family, into our marriage, into our church. When the lion is roaring, Jesus. Now, take them lights and just turn them all on at one time if you can. The darkness, look what happens. Darkness flees. The lion will flee if we'll get our minds right. That's where it all starts in our minds. Adrian Rogers used to say, "The me I see is the me I'll be." How do you see yourself in Jesus Christ today? And I'm asking you this because it'll be it'll it'll mean between victory or defeat. How do you see yourself in Christ? Oh, I'm just saved, going to heaven. That's all I know, Brother George. Do you have any confidence in Jesus Christ? When that darkness comes, I can tell you if you really have any confidence in Jesus, when darkness covers all around you, what is the first person you go to? If it's your best friend on the cell phone, they can't dispel that darkness. Victory's a choice. We have a choice to walk in darkness or to walk in the light. That's why when you got saved, before you got saved, you were walking in the darkness. You say, Brother George, I seen. I just got saved a few weeks ago. and You know, I could take John. For example, a month ago when he got saved, he come walking in down the hall that day and he didn't stumble into nothing. You say, Brother George, he'd seen how to come in. Vanessa said, I watched him get out of the car. He walked in your office, sit down. He wasn't stumbling. It wasn't dark to him. Not on the outside, but on the inside was darkness. And the moment he asked Christ into his heart, the Holy Spirit was like these lights come on. Poof! Just illuminate his heart and the darkness flees. Amen. That's, why Paul, that's why Peter could say in 1 Peter 5, we were all walking in darkness, but then he called us, talking about Jesus, into the marvelous light. You don't believe in light and darkness? You were to look back in your life before you were saved, and now that you're saved, look back and it's dark. There's some dark things, there's some dark places, there's some dark situations from years past. And that's why, when we get into a problem and darkness surrounds us, guess what comes out of the closet? All them dark problems from our past. Start creeping, right? The devil's, that's why the devil wants to, if we don't keep walking with Jesus in an everyday relationship, an everyday walk, and, and praying and calling out and seeking his presence, listen, don't always pray for answers, pray for God's presence. We're very good at praying for answers. Oh, dear Lord, you don't know what I'm, a problem I'm in right now, Lord. I just need you to help my family, I need to help my church, Lord. I, have we ever stopped and said, Jesus, I need you? Lord, surround me with your presence. Dispel this darkness that Satan's putting around me, Lord. This lion is roaring in my life. How do I get rid of the lion in my life, Lord? And he says, You have a choice. You can walk in darkness or you can walk in light. I told somebody here last week, Is that about being saved? I said, Listen, you're either saved or not saved. That's the only choice. He said, are you sure about that? I said, the Bible is very clear. You're either saved or not saved. Well, can't a person be halfway one day? You're not halfway one day and half the next. You never was. You either are or either. This is good English. You ain't. I mean, that's it. You're either in the dark or you're in the light. Now we all stumble and we all fall, and there will be darkness creep in your life, but the light of the Holy Spirit yes. is inside of you. I've known some Christians that walk around in darkness that I truly believe that are saved and the Holy Spirit's in them, but they're just dark. They're negative, they're gossipers, they always they never they always see the cup half empty. It's like I preached like a couple weeks ago. I think they become professional grumblers. Amen? And the church is full of them. The Holy Spirit is still in them, but they have all this darkness surrounding them. And until they make a choice, to, we all have a choice to have victory. And when the light comes down, all that stuff leaves. That's why people, attitude changes, character changes, because darkness leaves. It has to flee. That's why demons can leave, have to flee in the name of Jesus. Why do you think when Jesus spoke to the pig, I mean, to the demons since then? Alright, leave him and go to them pigs. They, they had to flee. There was legions and legions. It doesn't matter how many devils there is. At the name of one Jesus, poof, darkness leaves and light appears. And as we, I know, and I know, some of y'all are going to think I'm cookie. (laughs) But we do not speak the Word of God life into our lives enough in our situations. We'll kneel and pray, but we won't stand. I love this. My grandma used to say, we need to stand on the Word of God. We need to learn how to stand on the Word. In the dark times, stand on the Word of God. You say, well, what do you mean? Do I get the Bible and I... Brother George, I'm jumping up and down. No, you need to surround yourself with the Word and you need to learn to speak the Word into circumstances. Amen. I know some people don't believe that as Baptists. My brother George, I just wasn't brought up that a way to speak to my enemy. Ben and I was not a hero... And he didn't want to fight. He had to fight. That's going to come in your life as a spiritual walk. Listen, Christians, Brother George, Christians are lovers, not fighters. Be ye gentle. Blessed are the gentle and the meek. Jesus says that. Yes, he does. But he also says an eye for an eye. Especially with the devil. He's tired. Listen, Christians let the devil run over them and over and over them because they, we need to stand up and speak the name of Jesus Amen. to our line. When darkness, you're going to leave here today and by the night, some of y'all are going to have dark clouds over your head. You ever seen people like, they look like them little peanut characters with a stinky blanket. You know what I'm saying? Dark clouds over their head, following them everywhere. They're dark. Pig pen. That's them. They're dark. You say, well, how do I have the choice to have victory? The first thing is, we need to put our problem and our lines right in the middle, and we need to make a prayer circle around our darkness, around our problems. We need to walk because it goes higher. Here's how I know. I love this. You need to build walls up around your problem. Build by prayer. This is why it's so important that I love in this church. People don't mind coming up. Why do you think when we why do you think when we pray up we don't pray in a single line? When most people come up here, what are they doing? In a circle. Surround ourselves with the word. Speaking the word. Believing in the word. Prayer of the word. That's why we need to put our problem right in the center and if you can 't build a circle by yourself, grab two or three that 'll gather together in the midst with you <laughs> and sometimes that, there, there 's even sometimes in my problems that i don 't feel like i 'm winning and i can and, and i 'm praying and i 'm putting a circle around and a circle around my problem i 'm praying praying and but listen, let me let you know a secret don 't put the problem in the middle and God is great. God is good. Let us thank Him for His food. Amen. I'm gonna pray again. Now lay me down to sleep. Pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, pray the Lord my soul to take. Don't pray ritual prayers that we were taught as a kid. Why would I pray a prayer to watch me as I go to sleep when the line's gonna be there when I'm awake? <laughs> God watches me. He never slumbers or sleeps. I need to pray a prayer for the situation and address it and speak, that, speak it to that situation. If it's a devil, call it a devil. Some of y'all saying, my brother George, I got four of them in the car. No! I mean, half of y'all get that on the way home, amen? But what, what got me thinking about this prayer circle around our darkness and our lines and our problems? Because the line fell into what? A pit. There was high walls around him. And Ben and Dye was in the pit with a line. And I don't think when he first jumped, I mean, the adrenaline pumped, and he jumped. Say, said, come on, line. Uh-oh. He realized there is a 20-foot wall of dirt. It's just him and that lion in the pit. And sometimes the church can't help you with your problem. We're listen. Sometimes Brother George can't preach your problem away. Sometimes it's got to be you one-on-one to take a stand on the Word of God, stand on them promises in the middle of that pit with your line and speak the authority in the name of Jesus and the Word back at your own. I can't kill your line. Sometimes you have to. You say, well, how do you remember that? I remember growing up on a pond over by the house. I used to go over to a friend's house all the time. And he had these barrels, Dwayne. And they had styrofoam around these barrels. And they had them floating out in the middle of their ponds. And I thought, what is that barrel doing in the pond? And it had a board. The barrel was of like a 50-gallon metal barrel with styrofoam around it floating. About that much of the barrel was sticking out of the water. Here's the top. And across the top, it had a flat board like a 1x6. And I thought, what is that? He said, that's a turtle trap. I said, a turtle trap? He said, the turtles climb up the ramp, they get out on that board, and they sun. And most time when we come driving up in our vehicles or tractor, they get startled and flips them down into the barrel. Somebody's been on a turtle trap. I can already see it. He said, We trap many turtles out of the way. They get up in the sun, and we come up, we start them, and they start to move. And the board was like on two nails, so it was, it was flimsy. So they knew to get, when they get out on the edge it, just flipped them over into the barrel. And I was thinking about this last night when I was sitting there studying, and I, somebody says, Well, that's a corny, corny. Listen, if, if it gets you saved and gets you out of the darkness in the marvelous light, Amen. I'll preach on a turtle trap. Amen. 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 But sometimes you're gonna to have to trap your problem. Or it's gonna come back next week. Or it's gonna come back the next Sometimes you gotta stand right in the middle. You say, Well, how do I trap him? You build that wall around him of prayer. Build a prayer circle around it. Well George, I, I you know, I said prayer at the altar last time for my for my problems, and I still listen if you keep doing What you're always doing, you're always going to get what you always got. So, sometimes, this right here, please pray for, will not kill your line. It's good in the bulletin, it's aware that all of us can pray. But some of us, there's going to come a point, it's your problem, your line... You're going to have to build a prayer circle around it. And I mean pray. Not God is great, God is good. Not the prayer you heard the deacon growing up. I can look back into my church growing up and I can recite the first part of about four guys' prayers. You know why? Because they said the same thing every time they prayed. Every time. Even... Well, we didn't bring people up and pray for them in my church, but but when they'd have prayer, he was I could sit there and it's a wonder my dad didn't knock me out of the pew or mom because when they called on brother so and so, I got excited because I go I know what he's going to say. <laughs> I would mimic the first sentence of his prayer as a little kid. You say, "Man, you're mean." Huh? Well, you were too. And I, I could mimic his prayer, the first sentence, what he's going to start out with, and then how he's going to end it. Man, I knew exactly. I think my dad thought I was praying, but I was really mimicking him. Amen? Sometimes you can't say the same blanket prayer and kill a line. Sometimes, sometimes you've got to get serious about prayer. Sometimes it's going to take more than five minutes. Sometimes there's going to be tears with it. Sometimes there'll be sweat with it. We think we pray. We don't pray. James 5, do you have that one, Michelle? I love what he says about it in James 5. Let me read that before you go there. Put the problem in the middle, build a prayer circle, and pray, pray, pray until God brings victory. And I know some people, God don't answer it automatically. He's not a magician and He's not a genie. Some people I know have prayed for 20 years. But that's not the point. Our job is to build the prayer circle and pray, pray, pray. Pray, pray, pray. Look at this. I love this. What we need, this is our church. Everybody look at this verse. It's on prayer. wonder why we don't see God do great works in the church and great healings and spiritual, emotional. Why does prayer not work? We pray a whole lot more than we get results sometimes. Amen? And a lot of it is, it's the way we ask. We don't really, I'm going to be honest with you, we really don't pray by faith. Look what it says, if anyone's how would we respond today if someone come in and they were sitting back here and had a 102 fever and were sick? Most of us were going, uh, we're going to pray from the distance, amen? <laughs> what if someone comes down with cancer, how are we going to pray for them? Someone's hurt from a divorce or from a past or a death. How are we going to pray for them? If there's any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church. I love this. And pray over them. Put them in the middle and build a prayer circle around them. I know I'm fixing to freak some Baptists out. Let him call on the elders of the church and let him pray over him, anointing him with all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, some of you Baptists don't go crazy if you see me anointing with oil more and praying. We just don't do that. No, not, that's not the bad there's no oil is not a denomination. All <laughs> is the Holy Spirit. Because I know the first thing that happened if someone got real sick or we brought Mitch up in two weeks and I anointed his head with oil and prayed, it's going to spread like wildfire. He's crazy down there. No, I'm trying to be biblical. You're the crazy one. I remember a couple of ladies come in my office. I've got a bottle of oil in my office. And they came in two years ago and said, Brother George, I need you to pray. Anoint me and pray me. I'm going through some rough stuff right now. I could have said, we don't believe in that. <laughs> I would hate to tell God I didn't believe in that. That's right. I anointed her with oil in my office, prayed over and she left. You say, well, it don't matter if you got old or not, Brother George, it's not... I'm just telling you what the Bible says. It's the representation of the Holy Spirit. And He says, Anoint them with oil and pray over them. Amen. That's why I anointed... Uh, give me your name. Callie? Hi. Kylie. I did it again. That's why I anointed Kylie up here the last time during the dedication. It's the same way... Remember that time we had that foot washing? We. Oh, wee... I lost about four members because I did a foot washing one night. I'm telling you the honest truth. You say, Brother George, you shouldn't run people off. No, I would like to have a church that's able to get low enough and humble enough to see Jesus get high enough. If we can't do that, we don't have a church. See, sometimes God's going to want you to go out of your comfort zone. See me, guys. Mary and Levi knows where I was brought up at. I wasn't brought up around that. But that don't mean that they're right and I'm wrong, and this is right. And this listen, it ain't all that junk's not gonna matter when we get to heaven. We're gonna be wanting to worship the one and only Amen. Jesus Christ. Amen. But see, if the devil can keep dark places and keep people arguing about it, right. Amen. I don't argue with them no more. I just tell them I'm worshiping Jesus down at Pleasant Hill. You can come, you know. Hey, we're just worshiping him. That's it. Can y'all believe it's twelve right. thirty? I didn't get started till five after twelve. <laughs> <laughs> one more, one more verse. I, I can't leave without how to fight, how to stand. You have you got to stand. Go to Ephesians six. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. How am I strong in the power of God's might? You put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to... May be able to what? Stand against the wiles of the lion, the devil, the problem, the heartache, the depression. All of it. But look what he says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers, here it comes, of darkness. There's a lot more satanic things going on and demon things going on than we have a discernment to recognize. I'm just telling you, things don't happen because they just happened that way. The devil is also behind things. I mean, look at it this way. When I was growing up, I seen media people talk, when media would give a, a, a news announcement, they'd say, we got you in our prayers. You won't hear that from a news media now. And all it takes now is for one ungodly person, unbelieving person, lost person, whatever you want to call them, to not like something that an organization or a Christian does, one voice can stand up and have it shut down when we got church houses full of voices and can't keep it going. (laughs) That is Satan. That is darkness. It's prophesied. It's going to keep getting worse. Amen? You say, Brother George, I'm not telling you to... Listen, guys, y'all. Brother George ain't telling you to look look for a devil behind every little bush on the way home. But they're out there. Anything that will draw you back to the darkness is satanic. Let's go on with Michelle, the next one. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. Therefore, having girded up your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, Above all, take the shield of faith, with which you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit. What is the sword of the Spirit? Everybody, hold it up. I laid my sword somewhere. Wonder if somebody ain't getting cut. Hold this. uh, Hold your Bible up. If you got you got your Bible this morning, this is your sword. To be able to stand, I'm going to close with this. You've got to be able to take your sword and put a wedge between you and the darkness. If you're going to be able to have victory, you can't go along with it. You can't agree with everything that's out there. You cannot always be politically correct. There's going to come a time and a place in the battle when your line roars, you've got to take that sword and wedge it down in between you and your line and your problem. How many ever split wood? Anybody got a splitting mall at your house right now? How many have a wedge at your house right now? You know, man, I used to cut wood with fall law and in the wintertime when I would be off. He'd come over and say, come over to Georgeville, we'll haul wood today. He'd get some chunks that big around and they would have the log splitter over there. I mean, this log splitter was nice. You just set them down and pull the lever. And, and I wanted to roll it up. He said, no, no, don't roll it. We'll split it ourselves. I was going, that looks easy. <laughs> I said, well, what are we going to split this big thing with? He says, I've got this splitting maul and i got this wedge. And he, I would sit there and whack and whack and whack. And he'd say, get back. Let me show you. He'd take that splitting maul, turn it over, put that wedge right in the middle of that log, and, poof, 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 poof. and then he'd stand back and he had a rhythm. I, I don't know. I didn't have to. I, when I swung and hit, leave ching ching ching. I mean, stuff went everywhere. He had a rhythm, and you could put that wedge in there every time. Boom, boom. And the whole time he hit when he hit that wedge and put that wedge in that log, you hear. Snapple, pop, amen. I mean, Rice Krispies. I mean, it was, and all of a sudden, boom! It just busted open. And I know that sounds corny, but some of us need to carry a wedge with us every day. The wedge is the word of God. Sometimes all you can do is put it between you and your line, and it'll kill him. Sometimes, because sometimes. You know why? Because some of us we need some break loose some stuff in this, amen? amen. Some of us come to the altar and pray and get God's grace and leave out of here field. Some of us we gotta knock some of that stuff off. I mean we gotta wedge it in there, work it back and forth. I mean it's tough. Not everybody surrenders at the same point in their walk. If it was, everybody'd come forward all the time. I've seen people, Levi, come in here, fight, 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 conviction, and walk out of here, and I'm going, boy, I wish they would just give up. They're gone. I've seen them come back the next Sunday. And I love it, because when you're in God's presence, you're around a bunch of godly people, and there's light shining everywhere, you can't keep walking away till something's going to break loose in your spirit. That wedge is going to break something loose. Whether it's salvation, whether it's rededication, and that's what I'm praying for this church this year, to grow our heart of this church. I wasn't going to preach on it, but I am. We got 12 angels still on the tree back there. How many of y'all picked up an angel already? Raise your hand. How many has not? Be honest. Raise your hand. I am. Okay, we're going to hand them out to you on the way out, okay? <laughs> See, Christmas is that's what, that's what we got to remember. If we're going to get more of God, it's not about getting more for me first. If we're going to get more of God. And that's what we need to realize as a church body. Where are you at this morning? We're not having service tonight. I can preach as long as I want. (laughs) Nobody else had church right here anyway. (laughs) Where are you at? What line are you fighting this morning? But you're going to have to learn to speak it. You're going to put a prayer circle around your problem. Put it in the middle. Walk. You say, well, blood, George, do you have any biblical... Look in Matthew chapter 4. Michelle, go to that and I'm going to close with it. Matthew chapter 4. You don't believe in speaking God's Word to your situation? Jesus said to Satan, he's tempted him. It is written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Flee from me, Satan. Amen. Jesus said unto him, the second time, away from you, Satan. For it is written, you shall not worship the Lord your God, and him; you shall worship only Him, only you shall serve. The third time. Is there another one? Did I give you Four. There it is. But He answered and said, It is written, I love this, Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Now you can go speak to your line. How many lines roaring this morning? It may be a problem that nobody knows about. Nobody but you and God. And it's been roaring and you, you, you can't seem to get over. That one line always gives you... You make progress, spiritual growth, spiritual growth, and then boom, you get knocked back, knocked back, knocked back. If you always do what you've always done, you'll always be where you've always been. Try God's way. Speak it. Pray a circle around it. And keep praying. Amen? Here's what we're going to do this morning for invitation. We all got problems. Amen? If you don't, I'll let you borrow some of mine. <laughs> Amen? But invitation, we always come up and go there. Let's, let's, let's cover this place in prayer circles. Amen. Right, let's get four, five, six of us together. We'll make room. I don't care if you've got to have little circles, I don't care if we circle up in the foyer, the hallway. But everybody, let's circle up. Let's speak our line out and put Him in the middle of that circle and let's pray for Him. Let's let's have victory over Him. Amen? It might be in our church. It could be in personal life. Whatever. Let's put Him in the middle and join a prayer circle this morning. Let's all stand. Tim, as y'all come. Heavenly Father, we just love You today. Lord, we all have lines this morning to fight. Lord, Your worship was so good earlier. But Lord, Your presence is still here. I pray that You'll speak to our hearts. Because we all have problems. We all have little things that irritate us. Things that are keeping us from spiritually growing. Things that are keeping us out of Your wheel, Lord, things that are keeping this church being the church that You want it to be. But Lord, I pray this morning we'll, we'll trap that old line. Let's throw Him out a pit and circle Him in prayer. And let's speak Your Word over it and pray and pray that You'll have Your way. Lord, let us stand on Your Word this morning. In Jesus' name, and everyone say Amen. Amen. Come this morning. Start your prayer circle. It could be for families. It could be a burden you have. Whatever it is, let's start prayer circles. Let's circle around our lines this morning.